So I had this really interesting conversation with my partner, Terrence, a couple of days ago about our love languages and how oftentimes the way that we may prefer to receive love may actually be different from the way that we typically give love. And so that, that you know, there might be some rich tension there. And I'm curious, Sunny, if you can share with me, what do you think your love language is, whether it's how you give love or how you prefer to receive love? I think for me, the top ones are definitely quality time and acts of service. I think those mm-hmm. two are... Also, I guess would be helpful is to name them all. So there's quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, and touch. Yeah. So those are the five. And I'm sure there's more, but that's kind of what I think the general I honestly can't choose about. and I never could. Like it was such an <laughs> impossible yeah. task. But I feel like I'm kind of cheating because for me, quality time and um, acts of service like double as like the other three things for me. Right. <laughs> like right. if there's quality time, the odds of getting acts, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch. Right. And gifts are actually pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, I think for for me, it's funny because I had always thought it would be quality time. Um, and the kind of reciprocity of of outreach. And I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. that re- reciprocity in friendships. But I've come to the realization that I really like gifts. And I know that makes Oh my gosh, I love really, gifts too. Like really materialistic, but it's more, I think the gift as a tangible act of service. And that's mm-hmm. definitely something that I think that's how Terrence shows his love is through acts mm-hmm. of service. And mm-hmm. whether it's like, you know, I'm going to go get water for you, or I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll run the dishwasher or whatever, you know, like acts of service. Um, and I think that it's similar to what you're saying. They're like in tandem, right? Like when you are given an acts of service, that's, that's a gift in, mm-hmm. in a way. So I appreciate that. Um, but, but the I tangible think, part. Yeah. 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 I think oh, that part. resonates with me a lot. Well, I love this conversation and excited to dig in a little bit more about how we give and receive love and and how we just connect with our friends as adults. Um, yeah, as adult friendships. Forward. Oh, so fun. Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe? Hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. So something I've been really thinking about in terms of adult friendships this past year is how much the pandemic has affected um, what I think about friendships, what it means to be a friend. And so I was wondering, what did it mean for you to be accountable to your friends during a pandemic? Like, what did it mean for you to be a friend? And what did you expect of your Mm -hmm. friends? Yeah, you know, it's funny. In some ways, I think that 
part of me was just like, I'm just going to become a recluse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, just kind of like my friendships will freeze in time almost mm-hmm. like, okay, so now we're all going to be indoors and we're not really going to go out. So like all of my friendships are going to freeze in time. And then when we are <sighs> back to normal, it'll be, we'll just like pick up where we left. That off. resonates, mm-hmm. you know? So part of me is kind of like, maybe I wasn't a super good friend because I kind of just like did my own thing. But then mm-hmm. on the other hand, two of my best friends in LA, we uh, early on just decided we were going to do a weekly zoom. And so every Wednesday night, we would hop on Zoom and just like talk about our week, you know, just talk about nothing. Like we had nothing to talk mm-hmm. about. And we just like talked about whatever came to mind. And that was so nice and just made it feel like a dynamic relationship again, you know? Um, and so on the one hand, I think I did let some friendships kind of like stagnate in that like freeze mode, but then and others in this case, it it definitely kept going. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's like, it's hard to expect a lot from your friends when we're all struggling and we're all going mm-hmm. through a very traumatic experience. It's like, I don't want to put that burden on anybody. Mm-hmm. And if they do want to catch up or they do want to, you know, you know, hop on a call or whatever, then great. But I'm that's not something I can really, I don't know. It was not something that I felt like I could expect from them. And so on the, on, in my case, didn't feel like I had to do that as much as well. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. One thing that really mm, I think that we share in our experiences is making that Zoom call and phone call used to feel like so much work before, like especially yeah. friends who are long distance and whatnot. And I think for me, it was just realizing like, oh, actually, calling someone does not take up that much time and actually can take less time than scheduling to really yeah. meet them in person and like yeah, visit totally. them. And so then I was just actually more in awe of how easy it is to keep in yeah. touch with someone and how as an adult, it becomes like one of those things that you do habitually. So basically something that I noticed myself doing over the pandemic is to try and do like very small gestures of Mm -hmm. just like paying attention, like sending them something like, I'm just thinking of you. I'm not expecting anything back. I don't need us to hang out, but I just want you to know that I'm thinking about yourself. And I've sent out postcards, um, letters, texts, like these little small gestures, I think became more even for friends who are like more in the outer ring of your life, just yeah. even if I never really get to find that date that works for both of us, I think just keep trying, like just make being sure that okay, I'm still like in your ecosystem. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Even if right. we haven't, we've been trying to schedule to meet for three months, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's so funny because I think you're right that like, we're so used to like, okay, we got to put on the calendar. It's got to mm-hmm. be scheduled and et cetera, et cetera. It's got to be quality and, time. Like you said right, earlier. Right. But then on the, on the same vein, when I go on walks, I will randomly call people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people answer and they're like, hello? Like, yeah, I know. Because okay? they're like so shocked. You're one I'm of the calling. few people I know who does that. Yeah, actually. I just, I, that was, I remember it was like mm-hmm. a few years after I graduated and I called, yeah, you you called me blue. out of the blue and I was and just like, like what? shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that a Before, couple That's times. pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like when I'm in the mood for it or when I'm on a walk or whatever and I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm thinking about this person and there are times when like they'll never answer and 
you know, I'll just leave a voicemail. And that's kind of like, as you're saying, like a small gesture, but it does feel good. It feels good to do that, you know? And yeah. I was reflecting earlier about the couples who, old couples who say like love is a choice, something that you do every day that you do consciously. And I think I'm getting, I understand that more now. Like it's not that I love my friend and therefore I do these actions, but actually I choose to do these actions so that I can stay in love with them. Like the actions, the action is the love. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, I'm doing this so that I can feel love for this person. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds you, I mean, like, so when I turned 30, I realized that the thing that would make me really happy was to tell my friends how much I love them. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, and it's funny because we had, already been (laughs) sending Mm -hmm. a mail back and forth Mm -hmm. with each other around my Mm -hmm. birthday. But Mm -hmm. for some other friends, I wrote them each like a little letter. It was actually very much inspired by you, really. I was like, wrote them (gasps) a letter. And, you know, it's like, this is how I want to celebrate my birthday is by celebrating our friendship and actually writing out like why I love this person was so fulfilling. I was like, yeah, that is why I love this person. <laughs> and like, unless you like really intentionally think about it, sometimes you really take it for granted, you know? Yeah, and, and it's so, hard to feel. Yeah. 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 It can feel sure. like an obligation very quickly. Those little things make so much of a difference. Yeah. Now that we're emerging from the pandemic, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but there is definitely this thing called Zoom gloom, right? Zoom fatigue, yeah. where you're just like, wow, this is so exhausting. But this just this past week, I did a lot of in-person interaction, um, both for work and for, mm-hmm. for pleasure. And I mean, I forget how, how exhausting that is too. You know, just oh like gosh, even spending yeah. an hour for lunch with somebody, mm-hmm. you're just like constantly engaging with this person and and um it can be tiring. And so I think it's there's a like lot a lot of focus. Yeah, a lot of focus. And there's there's definitely a level of like kind of flexing that muscle. And also just, I mean, in some ways too, being gentle with yourself and being communicative with your friends about what you need and what they may need, you know, as we're emerging from the pandemic, everyone has different comfort levels. Everybody is like still adjusting to being around humans. And so, um, you know, I've, I've gotten really excited about like, oh, I want to see all those people. But then I'm also like, I need to be a little bit realistic to with where where I am with like my, my body and my mind mm-hmm. and like my heart, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I go back and forth with that sometimes because I can be such a recluse that yeah. I just have to like set schedules to see friends, even though, like I say, it's not like, it might not be a natural feeling like, oh my gosh, I really miss this person. That's why I want to see them. Right. It's more like, no, this is someone I just care about and I need to see them. <laughs> yeah. Just like maintain whatever. And it's not... And until I'm there, there can be a lot of resistance. Like, no, I don't, I want to stay home. Like, I don't right. want to actually do it. And so I sometimes have to like force myself to. Yeah. But I also know what you mean by like, oh, am I ready for it too? Right. Right. It's funny when we talk about friendships and adult friendships and going through this very traumatic global experience. I had my birthday party right before the pandemic hit and I probably had like 25, maybe Mm -hmm. 30 people. And I, and I invited like everyone I knew because I had moved Mm -hmm. to LA like a year prior. Right. So I just Mm -hmm. like invited everyone I knew. And I mean, the number of people I stayed in touch with from that group is very slim to none, you know? And I wonder like, will I reach out to those people again? Like now that we're all out and about, like, 
and I have more, maybe more energy or time or whatever. Um, I have a question. Were yeah. most of these friends related to your work in some way? Like how, do, what, what, how would you categorize mm-hmm. these friends? A mix. So mm-hmm. some from Duke mm-hmm. um, and then some through friends of friends, right? Oh, um, yeah. Friends I've met through other people. Yeah. Um, and definitely some from from my old workplace at Breakwater Studios. Definitely some. And and many of, I mean, now that I think about it, many of them, I do keep in touch with somehow, whether it's like through text or like Instagram or, you know, just like the little postcards I wrote or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a mix. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I was just reflecting on... How for me during the pandemic, what happened was the people who ended up in my pod were not my work friends. And, you know, it was just such a coincidence that that happened. And I was reflecting a lot about how no matter how much I really love someone as a friend, as a human at work, there is some kind of like something else that a friend who doesn't work in your area, who's like totally like... Mm -hmm. um, doing something different can offer. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like reflecting on that. Not that it's even true. Like yeah. I know plenty of best friends who come out of um, working together in the same place, but I was just thinking about that difference. Yeah. 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 And how it might be noticeable or, or maybe not noticeable in some other way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are, do you have any sort of hesitation with con- reconnecting with friends that you haven't really spoken to during the pandemic because I I feel like I have a little of some fear there of like because oh I haven't like talked to this person in almost a year or do they think that I'm not a good friend now or like is it going to be awkward like I don't know maybe there's like a little bit of some reservations there Do, do you feel that way at all okay so there were a couple instances when that happened, especially around um, Black Lives Matter mm. and like Asian, stop Asian hate, like yeah. um, those seemingly obligatory texts um, right. to people in your network who might be potential targets of this kind of violence. And so there were definitely hesitations on my part to check in with some people just because I, I just, yeah, it's a hard it's call. It's delicate. Right? Yeah, it's really delicate. So, yeah. And it was, a mixed bag for me too. And people reached out to me for um, Asian hate. And yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I heard from people I hadn't talked to in a long time. And it's interesting on the one hand, I was like grateful and appreciative, but on the other hand, I was like wary and like, I haven't talked to you in so long. Am I like your only Asian friend? (laughs) 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 You know, or like, is this kind of like a, a hollow gesture? Like I don't, you know, there's, obviously going to be a little bit of some insecurity there, right? Okay. So this kind of bleeds into maybe a more juicy topic, okay? which which is more about like friend chemistry. Okay. Like, I feel like you and I, we are agreeable. We have agreeable personalities. Like, I think we know how to talk to people that theoretically be friends with anyone, right? So then what for you distinguishes, Mm. um, you know, like... Your ride or die kind of friend. Ooh, this you know is what such I a, mean? This is a juicy question. I like <laughs> it a lot. Like, and how has it evolved for you as you've gotten older? In honor of closing out our season two, we wanted to shout out some of our favorite podcasts. 
Check out the Add to Cart podcast, hosted by veteran journalist Suchin Pak and comedian writer director Kulup Vilaisak. Each week, they have honest, revealing conversations about all the big and little things they're adding to or removing from their carts. They decide what's worth the monetary and emotional investment and what's not. From beauty products and health trends to celebrities and philosophies, Suchin and Kulup dig into anything we buy into and what it says about who we are. You can also find them on Instagram at Add to Cart Pod. In addition to Add to Cart, we have to rave about Bitch Talk, another podcast hosted by two Asian women, Erin Lim and Ange Chibora. In Bitch Talk, they highlight the ongoing need for BIPOC women representation in media, film, and the arts. And their show, which has the tagline, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco, features thoughtful and fun interviews of marginalized indie voices working as performers, comedians, filmmakers, and activists. You can also find them on Instagram at Bitch Talk Pod. If our show resonates with you, follow us on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. Subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We're so grateful for your support. I would say they probably fall in like two types of categories. Mm -hmm. One is we have like a very deeply emotional bond. Like it's Mm -hmm. like very like we have like we talk about really deep things right mm-hmm. and it's like these are the friends that are like we can really reveal your heart and your mm-hmm. like deepest insecurities too and tell your secrets too like mm-hmm. so there's those people um and I don't know if like if there is a certain type of personality that that resonates with me mm-hmm. you know but I do find that most of my probably my the ones I feel like really comfortable around or like you have that kind of energy I mean, they tend to be women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is this level of like, I don't know, like sass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just yeah. kind of this like shared language um, and an energy. I, I, I don't know why I keep coming back to sassiness, but it's like this mm-hmm. kind of like. Um, like unstated mutual understanding, right? You can be sassy because you yeah can predict how the other person will right respond. and it's fun yeah. and it's like yeah, and it's familiar. vibrant and it's um it feels real right it's not like performative in a, in a way it's just mm-hmm. like we can just like be really silly and really like ridiculous and outlandish and it's it's totally normal and it feels it feels good you know mm-hmm. um yeah I feel like that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> if I think about like my my closest friends. That's kind of what I think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. Same. I think that emotional bond is so important to me. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where I go first. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, um, what did you say it was? It was that sass. I think for <laughs> me, um, that sass comes out in terms of well, sass, but also like eccentricity. I find that totally. I like, I have m- my closest friends, we share something very weird, like super, like <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and that feeling of like, oh, you understand me, like right. you get me right. um, in this like particular way that nobody else really gets. Um, and I think with those people too, there is this sense of like, I, I don't need to coddle you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes along with the sass. Like I can, I can be straight up with you and mm-hmm. I can call you out on your bullshit. And I love we that. can like be, be real with each other and still love each other and like, you know, move forward from that. Whereas there are some friends where I'm like, I'm a little like, I, I'm a little bit more careful around or like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they couldn't handle it, but it's just like, we don't have that kind of relationship where I can totally mm-hmm. like call them out or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe there is like that element too. Oh, that's such a good quality to point out. Yeah. yeah. And there are different types of qualities that work for different aspects. Right. Of like totally. when you said that your friendships like felt like they froze Mm. Yeah, like I need friends who are understanding of that kind of freezing and are yeah. ready to like pick it right back up. Totally. When, you know, even though it's a year has gone by, six months has gone by, whatever, it's like they're there to yeah. meet me. Yeah. See, this is something that I've always thought about too is that mm-hmm. I never really had like a friend group, right? Like yeah. even in high school or college, like I see some friends who I'm like, all through college, it was like eight girls and they're all just like, Mm -hmm. they all just hang out with each other and they know each other super well. But for me, it's always been like super scattered Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's less of this like cohesion of a group Mm -hmm. dynamic. I don't know. Was that the same for you or? Okay. Oh my gosh. It's the same for me. And I read this essay by, um, Kathy Hong Park in Minor Feelings. It's the first Mm. one. I forget what the title is, but she talks about how, um, like the person who fits in as model minorities, like ostensibly Mm. us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, that the cost of this privilege is of kind of invisibility and isolation. Wow. And that just resonated with, with me so much because like the higher you go, there the less Asians there are. Yeah. And you are navigating all these spaces where you are, you know, the quote unquote model minority the only, and you're yeah. the only person. And so you're making friends and you're kind of constantly wondering like, you know, you have friends and you can't make a group because <laughs> you're so isolated in these spaces and in, in these privileged spaces and friendship can garner like for me, sometimes mm-hmm. friendship can feel like like acquaintances, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, really good acquaintances at work, coworkers, and I think that's kind of what I was tra- drawing on before with like, oh, uh, I ended up with um, friends who are not part of my work, and I wonder if that was just mm. an effect of that environment, right? Not necessarily yeah. the people, but yeah, the structure, this, this, the situation. Yeah, hand, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that 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 idea of like, oh, maybe I was scattered because of my identity or because of how I like moved in the world and how other people viewed me, you know, um, that's such an interesting, I never really thought of that. Huh? I think maybe that's why I look at friendship in terms of those little gestures, maybe. Yeah. Of like the maintenance work. I think it just feels more evident to me. Like maybe other people have other like built in structures that help them maintain these friendships. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find that those friends do those types of things to you? I think it's a mixed bag and it's not something yeah. I expect from everyone. I think it's just, it makes me feel good to do it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I think about, 
our friendships as children. Mm-hmm. It was so innocent. It's like you go, you run to someone on the playground. And you're like, will you be my friend? Do you want to play mm-hmm. tag? You know? mm-hmm. And it was also very informed by your classes, right? Like mm-hmm. your friends in, in elementary school, middle school were your classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe your neighbors or that sort of thing. There weren't other, or maybe like sports teams and stuff like that. But, and it was always like very play centric, right? Like we're going to go play together. We're going to go do these activities together. And now it's like, we were talking about this before, like our activities we do is like, we're going to go eat lunch. <laughs> we're going to go like watch Netflix. dinner. Yeah. We're going to like go to a movie. Like what's, what are our activities anymore? Like, what are we doing? But with that, there's a level of substance because you're, since you're not doing an activity, you're talking to one another and you're actually like mm-hmm. engaging with each other as human, fully flushed human beings, as mm-hmm. opposed to just like a body that's like, playing tag you know (laughs) so like you know something else that really you're reminding me that something I did with my friend this weekend um or this week was read poetry together out loud and it was so amazing because it was it never occurred to me for me to explore my identity with another person like mm-hmm. as it's happening. So she read a lot, many poems from, um, or I read to her, well, we were exploring Sylvia Plath and she, and my friend is uh-huh. white. And we could both obviously identify with Sylvia Plath's poems about death and darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about eccentricity, right? Yeah. No, but yeah. Um, and it just felt like, oh, this is something that can totally happen. And later we were reading um, Asian American poetry about like the immigrant experience and just thinking it never occurred to me that identity could be explored with a friend Hmm. in a way that was share your identity too. Yeah. And that it was very organic and very like, yeah. Yeah. What does this poem make you think of in terms of your own experiences and et cetera, et cetera. And it was just, that's, yeah, nice. I love that you had that experience because um, maybe like six months ago, I, I did the same thing with a friend on the phone. Mm. And this is a straight white male mm. who happens to be like a very sensitive person and very like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that if you, if you met yeah, him. Yeah, right. Because um, he's like tall, he's really goofy, you know, but he's like, he started writing his own poetry as a way mm-hmm. to kind of process his own feelings. He was like just mm-hmm. coming out of a breakup and like he was also kind of dealing with other issues and and I was reading him some poems by Rupi Carr and by Cleo Wade and just, and then we were like reading back to each other and it, it felt so loving. And I like, mm-hmm. it's not a romantic relationship in any sense, but it felt so like loving and grounded. And, you know, it, it really, to me, defied that expectation that like, oh, like you can't have male friends in a platonic way. And I think that's so important. Yeah. And even though we were doing something that like, could be seen as like kind yeah, of romantic, very romantic, right? Like yeah. we're reading poetry to each other. Yeah, yeah. But yet it still felt like like familial almost, you mm-hmm. know, like we're we're there for each other in a very like mm-hmm. familial brotherly sister kind of way. Yeah. I think that's so important for just upsetting the patriarchy, just for women yeah. and men to have platonic absolutely and friend, trusting friendships. I think that's just so important and not something that um, was normal. And when I was growing up, like yeah. that was not, um, I mean, that's not normal. My mom, mm-hmm. I think is very uncomfortable with my dad having female mm-hmm. friends. Right. And even though they're like 
all friends. Like my mm-hmm. dad will like hop on the phone with his friend. That's a woman. And my mom will be like, what are you doing? You know, like it's, it, it's, it's very cultural too. And generational for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think about that a lot because of being partner too. Like, mm-hmm. I love my partner. I love spending time with him, but there's just something about spending time with friends that feels more like exciting, like, because you don't get to spend that much time with them. And so I've been trying to like really notice or be aware of how that feeling happens Mm -hmm. and um, what it means for me to enjoy my friendships, but be more conscientious about, yeah, like how do you keep your relationship exciting when it's yeah. like it becomes like the basis of just like s- the status quo of like totally. this is like like this just fulfills my basic needs for the day. It's not exciting, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's something that Terrence and I have also kind of talked through a lot in the pandemic of like we see each mm-hmm. other every day. It's kind of part of the status quo now, and it's like it's you know this is regular life. How do we how do we bring that out? in a more dynamic way that we do with our friends. Cause we don't see them all the time. And it's like kind of a new and fresh experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Well, I think it's really appropriate that we started this season off talking about love um, and talking about our relationships with uh, our oh, romantic yeah, loved did. ones. In it was February. around Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's so appropriate that we're ending with, with, a, with love as well, with love with mm-hmm. our, friendships, our community, our adult connections, et cetera. And also just keeping in mind that, you know, while you and I have quite a few friends or at least at least one or two really close friends that um, that we hold that gratitude and hold space for those who may struggle to to make friends, whether it's through their neurodiversity or through other struggles that they may have and in, in, in making friends. I think these affirmations that we're about to get into really speak to that and um, hopefully help cultivate some love and community with the entire Are You There Universe collective. That's really lovely, Jamie. I've actually had a friend pass away recently and that brought a lot of friends together and, and many of us were kind of hadn't been in touch with him. Um, Mm. And I think many of us were um, wishing that we had kept more close contact with this person, which reminds me how friendships are not always about having that excitement that those, all Mm. those good feelings that come with it, but actually doing the work of just being present and doing that, um, like even if you don't feel close to a friend and you haven't talked to them for a long time, having the courage to just reach out anyway, if you feel. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think about Beautiful. that a lot, like how to care about people I'm not close to yeah. or don't necessarily always feel close to. And I think that's important for building any kind of community, right? Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So with that in mind, what are the affirmations for this week? Oh, The affirmations for this week are so lovely and what a way to end this episode and end our season, season Mm -hmm. two. So if you could take a deep belly collective breath with us. 
And just sigh it out. And repeat these words in your own voice. My friendships are abundant. My friendships are constantly evolving for the better. I always choose love. Oh, it just feels so important. Yeah. Yeah. So gentle too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been such a, a lovely episode. And if you have friendships you'd like to to talk about or anecdotes that you'd love to share, please do with us. Um, you can connect with us on Instagram and uh, leave us a review. And we can't wait to connect with you. And in the meantime, listen to the rest of our episodes if you haven't already. And we hope you enjoyed this, this season too. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you and hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie at Jamie Wu.